Essential NLP. Practical skills for a great life. Hi and a very warm welcome to Essential Skills of NLP episode 61. So this is the next of the free episodes. I do hope you've listened to the 10 free ones and of course purchased the extra 50 ones to support the ongoing work on this podcast. Anyway, here we are, 61. Wow, who'd have thought? Today what I'm going to be looking at is um, something I think I've mentioned before, a famous experiment called the Marshmallow Experiment. The marshmallow experiment was started in the 60s and 70s by a psychologist called Walter Mitchell. Uh, that's spelled M-I-S-C-H-E-L. And what he did was he took some kids who were the sons and daughters of the academic staff at Stanford and were in the creche. And he gave them a little test. And as a reward, they got a marshmallow. But he said to them, you can have this marshmallow right now, this lovely marshmallow. Or... If you just wait for a little bit, I'm going to pop out of the room. When I come back, you can have two marshmallows. He didn't tell them how long he'd be gone for. They videoed the kids' responses as the researcher left the room. And apparently you saw a million shades of children running up to the marshmallow, running away from it like it was a scary thing, turning their back on it, licking it, all possible variations. What they found was some kids wolfed the marshmallow down and other kids found strategies in order to what they called delay gratification. They were able to resist the marshmallow. And then when the researcher came back in, he gave them another marshmallow as a reward. They found that if kids were very young, about four, they would all eat marshmallow. But if they're about five onwards, there would be this variation. Some people would be able to resist it and some people wouldn't. Now, what was fascinating was they then followed them up about 10 years later when they were adolescents to see how they were getting on. And the kids that had been able to delay gratification were able to demonstrate more self-control, more aptitude in their studies. So they all had better SAT scores. They tended to be more sociable, um, more resilient, less chance of them getting addiction less chance of them having bad relationships. And they followed them up for a 40-year study. It's quite a, quite a strong longitudinal study. But 40 years later, they had a look at them again and found that pretty much every marker, they'd been happier, healthier, more successful. They also found significant changes in the way their brains functioned on fMRI scans of their brains. And that's fascinating stuff. But there's a recent version of the paper where and they suggest that what the kids could do is put the marshmallow in a mental frame. And by doing this, it will allow them to be able to resist it more easily. And what is fascinating about this is this is NLP. And you see this a lot. You see techniques from NLP popping up in psychology, uh, but not being attributed to NLP. So the NLP practice of framing, which is what this podcast is about, is putting a mental frame around something. Let's just talk you through this. It's a basic version of submodalysis, which we've covered in the other podcasts, but it's a really effective technique. Think about somebody that you find quite difficult or a situation that you find a bit troubling. Nothing too dreadful for the moment. As you think about it, notice how you feel. Score it out of 10, where 10 is, I feel completely fine with this, and zero is, I don't feel happy with this. Now, 
put a frame around that. Imagine a frame like in an art gallery. Let's try the first frame. The first frame is like a gold gilded ornate Rococo frame, very classical, lots of curves and curls in it. Put that image that you have, that thing you're not very pleased about, in that frame. As you do, notice how that changes. You can also try different versions of the frame. One of the classic ones is to use a frame that is pink, neon, and fluffy. You know, sometimes you get those frames in the 70s. Actually a hairy frame. As you look at it, the fluffy frame that's pink, and you put that thing in that frame, again, notice how that changes. These techniques derived from NLP, derived from submodalities, you know, the, the finer qualities of how we see an image or how we hear a sound, are well documented in many of the early NLP books. But these are not the only things from NLP that have found their, their way into the mainstream. Many of you may have heard of EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization. When you do this, what you're doing is tracking your eyes from left to right as you think about something traumatic. And it has much research into it showing how useful it is for post-traumatic stress disorder. Interestingly, John Grinder, the co-founder of NLP, says that he taught Dr. Shapiro, who is the founder of EMDR, how to do this. She used to work for him, according to him, in his office, and she had a friend who was a bit stressed, and he suggested they move their eyes around as they thought about the traumatic incident. The reason being in NLP, if you move your eyes around, it's suggested that it stimulates different ways of processing. And so um, any memory which can be processed in more than one way is likely to be processed more effectively, is likely to let go of the emotions and the trauma. And that's where it all comes from, according to John Grinder. Uh, he's, he's on record as saying this. However, NLP never gets any mention in EMDR. And in fact, there's a lot of people who would like to undermine NLP and say that it's, it's not good and it's not scientific. But it is interesting how it keeps on popping up in all sorts of shapes and forms. I think NLP is a fantastic thing. I'm doing an interview um, tomorrow with Judith Delosier, who is the ex-wife of John Grinder, and was around at the origination of NLP. And one of my questions for her is going to be about how NLP started and why there isn't much research base. And this is one of the things generally in the world today, that everything is measured on evidence-based, how much published research has there been. Problem is, of course, published research only really occurs when research departments get behind a particular project and people are happy to put their name to it. And with NLP, there aren't any universities that are doing research on NLP. It's all funded by individuals. As a result, there's hardly any of it around. There's a few projects going on, including my PhD, because as you know, it's such a great subject. It's something that we need to get out there. We need to allow people to experience what it's all about and to see that this is essential learning that everybody could really do with taking on in their lives. So this week, keep in mind the idea of frames. Anytime you find yourself getting stuck with some kind of mental imagery or some experience or some situational person that's not very empowering, stick a frame around it. Move it to one side. Usually the left is the best place to put it. Hang it on a wall, a mental wall. By doing that, it will reduce the impact of that. It kind of gives you the sense of dissociation, the sense of separation, the sense of this isn't true, this isn't real, this isn't as important as I thought it was. So keep the idea of frames. 
Also, if you have some memories that are positively powerful, you can experiment with how frames might change them. Sometimes putting a frame around a positive memory reduces its impact, and sometimes it keeps it, it keeps it like a special thing, like a certificate on a wall, or like a photo you have on the fridge, or, or the photo of a loved one on your desk. Sometimes having it there keeps it in your memory, keeps it in your focus, keeps it in your presence. So play around with frames. Let me know how you get on. And remember, please leave reviews on iTunes. That really helps other people to see what this is all about. And the more that happens, the more this goes up in the iTunes chart, the more people hear about this amazing stuff. So please help out. And as always, check out the philparker.org website. If you go there and sign up to the newsletter, you get not only top tips, but lots of free extra stuff that you don't get on the NLP podcast about the mind-body connection, about relaxation, about coaching, about a whole range of stuff. So just pop over there. Everything you can do to support us to do this really helps spread this word and to keep it going. So thanks a lot. Thanks for your help. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Essential NLP. skills for a great life.